Chapter Ten of the Law and Medical Man. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Law and Medical Men by Robert Vashon Rogers. Defamation. No man may disparage the reputation of another. Every one has a right to have his good name maintained, unimpaired. Words which produce any perceptible injury to the reputation of another are called defamatory, and if they are false, they are actionable. False and malicious defamatory words, if in printing, writing, pictures, or signs, and published constitute a libel if spoken a slander a caricature may be a libel so may a chalk mark on a wall a statue hieroglyphics a rebus an anagram or an allegory or even ironical praise defamatory matter whether published in the form of libel or slander is actionable when it imputes a criminal offence or a contagious or infectious disorder or affects the plaintiff injuriously in his lawful profession trade or business or in the discharge of a public office or generally when it is false and malicious and its publication causes damage to the plaintiff either in law or in fact defamatory matter the publication of which tends to degrade or disparage the plaintiff or which renders him ridiculous or charges him with want of honesty humanity or veracity or is intended to impair his enjoyment of society fortune or comfort is actionable as libel but not as slander unless special damage be proved the person defamed by a libel has not only a civil remedy to recover damages but he may also in some cases proceed criminally by way of information or indictment and have the defamer punished as an offender against the state if he proceeds by information he must in general waive his right to bring a civil action but he may sue for damages after the offender has been convicted upon an indictment an action for libel must be brought within six years and an action for slander within two years unless the words spoken are actionable only by reason of special damage in which case the action may be brought at any time within six years whenever a special kind of knowledge is essential to the proper conduct of a particular profession denying that a man possesses such special knowledge will be actionable if he belongs to that particular profession but not otherwise thus to say of a physician thou art a drunken fool and an ass thou wert never a scholar nor even able to speak like a scholar is actionable because no man can be a good physician unless he be a scholar 
although one may with impunity say of a justice of the peace he is a fool an ass and a beetle-headed justice so to say of a midwife many have perished for her want of skill or she is an ignorant woman and of small practice and very unfortunate in her way there are few she goes to but lie desperately ill or die under her hands is actionable or of an apothecary he is not an apothecary he has not passed any examination several have died that he has attended and there have been inquests held about them although one may safely say of a justice of the peace he is a blood-sucker and sucketh blood it is actionable to say of a person in his professional character he is no doctor he brought his diploma for fifty dollars any words inputting to a practicing medical man misconduct or incapacity in the discharge of his professional duties are actionable per se thus it is actionable without proof of special damage to accuse one of having caused the death of any patient through his ignorance or culpable negligence as to say of a physician he killed my child by giving it too much calomel or he hath killed j s with psychic which psychic was a pill or he was the death of j p he has killed his patient with psychic it is a world of blood he has to answer for in this town through his ignorance he did kill a woman and two children at southam he did kill j p at petersfield or as an american did dr s killed my children he gave them teaspoonful doses of calomel and it killed them they did not live long after they took it they died right off the same day so it is to say of an apothecary he poisoned my uncle i will have him digged up again and hang him or he killed my child it was the saline injection that did it or i was told he had given my child too much mercury and poisoned it otherwise it would have gone well so it is actionable to say of a surgeon and accoucher it is a bad character none of the medical men here will meet him as such words impart the want of a necessary qualification for a surgeon in the ordinary discharge of his professional duties or dr tweedy has honorably and faithfully discharged his duties to his medical brethren in refusing to act or consult with ramdadge a physician and we hope every one else will do the same or to call a practicing medical man a quack a quack solver an empiric or a mountbank or to say of him thou gravest psychic which thou knewest to be contrary to the disease or thou art no good subject for thou poisonedest a f s wound to get more money of him under the new york statutes a homeopathic physician may maintain any action for being called a quack 
and it seems that an action will lie without averment of special damages for slander imputing to a physician that he has taken advantage of his character as a physician to abuse the confidence reposed in him and commit acts of criminal conversation with a patient in the case of libel any words will be presumed defamatory which expose the plaintiff to hatred contempt ridicule or obliquy which tend to injure him in his professional trade or cause him to be shunned or avoided by his neighbors thus to advertise falsely that certain quack medicines consumption pills were prepared by a physician of eminence is a libel upon such physician whenever a medical man brings forward some new method of treatment and advertises it largely as the best or only cure for some particular disease or for all diseases at once he may be said to invite public attention and a newspaper writer is justified in warning the public against such advertisers and in exposing the absurdity of their professions provided he does so fairly and with reasonable judgment a medical man who has obtained a diploma and the degree of m d from an american college advertised in england most extensively a new and infallible cure for consumption the pall mall gazette published a leading article on these advertisements in which they called the advertiser a quack and an impostor and compared him to scoundrels who pass bad coin this was considered as overstepping the limits of fair criticism and a verdict was given for the plaintiff with damages one farthing so where the editor of the lancet attacked the editor of a rival paper the london medical and physical journal by rancorous aspersions on his private character not fairly called for by what the plaintiff had done as an editor the plaintiff recovered a verdict of five pounds on the other hand it is not actionable to say of a surgeon he did poison the wound of his patient without some averment that this was improper treatment for it might be proper for the cure of it nor to say of an apothecary he made up the medicine for my child wrong though jealousy because i would not allow him to use his own judgment nor to charge a physician or surgeon with malpractice if it appear that the word was not used or understood in a technical sense and to charge a physician or surgeon with mere want of skill or with ignorance or neglect is not actionable per se though untrue unless the charge be of gross want of skill or the like so as to imply general unfitness nor is it actionable to call a person who practices medicine or surgery without legal qualification a quack or an impostor for the law only protects lawful employment even though a medical man may be duly registered in great britain still if he is practicing in a colony 
which requires registration without complying with the colonial law he may safely be called a quack a charlatan a scoundrel not to be entrusted with the lives of people words imputing immoral conduct profligacy or adultery even when spoken of one holding an office or carrying on a profession or business are not actionable unless they touch him in that office profession or business thus if adultery is alleged of a clergyman it will be actionable because if the charge were true it would be ground for degradation or deprivation as it would prove him unfit to hold his benefice or to continue the active duties of his profession but if the same words are spoken of a physician they will not be actionable without proof of special damage as they do not necessarily affect the plaintiff in relation to his trade or profession nor unless the words are spoken in connection with the professional duties of the plaintiff will an action lie for the words he is so steady drunk he cannot get business any more or he is a twopenny bleeder it is no libel to write of a physician that he is in the habit of meeting homeopathists in consultation where the plaintiff considers that the words spoken touch him in his profession or trade he must always aver in the pleadings that he was carrying on the profession of a physician or surgeon or the trade of a druggist at the time the words were spoken sometimes this is admitted by the slander itself and if so evidence is of course unnecessary in proof of this averment but in other cases unless it is admitted on the pleadings evidence must be given at the trial of the special character in which the plaintiff sues as a rule it is sufficient for the plaintiff to prove that he was engaged in the profession or trade without proving any appointment thereto or producing a diploma or other formal qualification for the maxim omnia presumer rit as acta applies but if the very slander complained of imputes to the medical practitioner that he is a quack or an impostor not legally qualified for practice or if the plaintiff aver that he is a physician and has duly taken his degree then the plaintiff at the trial must be prepared to prove his qualification strictly by producing his diploma or certificate in some cases the mere production of the diploma will not be sufficient proof of the plaintiff's having the degree but it may be necessary to prove that the seal affixed is the seal of a university having power to grant degrees or in the case of the production of a copy of the diploma that it has been compared with the original whether or no the words were spoken of the plaintiff in the way of his business is a question for the jury to determine at the trial there should always be an averment in the statement of claim that the words were so spoken and it should also be shrewd in what manner the words were connected by the speaker 
with the profession medical practitioners are of course equally liable with other men to an action for defamation in respect of any false and malicious communication whether oral or written made by them to the damage of another in law or in fact circumstances however frequently arise where from the nature of their employment it becomes their duty or interest to make some communication prejudicial to the character or conduct of another and in such cases where the occasion on which the communication was made rebuts the presumption of malice where the law infers from such a statement such communication is said to be privileged and therefore in order to sustain an action for defamation the plaintiff must prove that the defendant was actuated by express or actual malice that is malice independent of the occasion on which the communication was made the legal canon is that a communication made bona fide upon any subject matter in which the party communicating has an interest or in reference to which he has a duty is privileged if made to a person having a corresponding interest or duty although it contains criminatory matter which without this privilege would be slanderous and actionable this applies moreover though the duty be not a legal one but only a moral or social duty of imperfect obligation and also where the communication is made to a person not in fact having such interest or duty but who might reasonably be and is supposed by the party making the communication to have such interest or duty even where the evidence of duty is not present to the mind but the speaker is impelled by a sense of propriety on which he does not pause to reflect and which he refers to no special motive nevertheless if his conduct in speaking the words be within the occasion of interest or of duty which is capable of protecting the communication will be considered privileged words spoken by the medical officer of a college concerning the meat furnished to the institution and words used by the medical attendant of a poor law union about the wine supplied to the inmates are privileged in the absence of proof of actual malice a statement made by a physician that an unmarried woman is pregnant is not a privileged communication unless made in good faith to one who is reasonably entitled to receive the information end of chapter ten recording by lindermy nielsen vancouver b c